Good morning. I'm Weemala, and today is March the 24th. Uh, I'm doing this today starting out on my Facebook page because I can't, they've changed, uh, Blue Lotus Temple has changed the format for uh, creating a post. So I'll share this with them, but maybe you'll find it here. Um, so sorry about that. I'll try to get it out, but it's I'm not getting it out the regular way. So today, after the after confusion, um, we're going to read again today from Heartwood of the Bodhi Tree, and we'll sit. And I just want to check in with everyone and see how you're doing, see how your early spring is going, and. Uh, Share. I'd like to share with you more and more some of the the uh, the things that I'm finding and that I'm studying and practicing with these days. So I'd like you to share that with me as well. So why don't we start with some reading from Buddha Dasa's book? Where's my bookmark? Oh no. Okay. Let's see where we are. We are back at, we started with uh, practicing with that emptiness or voidness or no self. And the first thing we read yes, uh, this earlier this week was contemplating dependent origination, which explains why there's no self. Everything arises because condition, causes and conditions intersect at just the right place. Well, I'm glad somebody's found me. Hi, Patty. <laughs> so, we read uh, on Tuesday, Dependent Co-Arising. And we don't want to, we won't read that again and just see if we can, maybe you can pick up from this for this next short section. Okay, two methods. The way to benefit from this teaching is not to allow the dependent co-arising to take place. So when one thing happens, it leads. So that contact with the senses can lead to craving. And then craving leads to clinging. So he's saying you can stop it at any point. Don't allow the, the next, that codependent, that dependent co-arising to take place. One method for doing this is to cut the process off right at the moment of sense contact. Do not allow the development of those uh, subtle, those tonal qualities. So don't allow pleasant or unpleasant or kind of uh, confusion, maybe indecision. Don't allow those to arise. Do not allow feelings of satisfaction or dissatisfaction to arise. When there is no production of Vedana, there is no birth of the craving and clinging that is the I and mine. So that's where the, that's where it all starts. When we begin to personally start uh, relating to everything around us, everything in nature, in the world, 
as somehow connected to us in terms of how it how it affects us, makes us feel, whether we like it or not. The I and mine lie right there at the birth of craving and clinging. Illusion lies right there. If paticca samupada, paticca samupada, is stopped just there at the moment of sense contact, when there is nothing but sense contact, there is no way for the I and mind to arise. Then there is no spiritual disease and no suffering, no dukkha. If this first method is not possible, there is another method. For the average person, it is extremely difficult to prevent sense contact, fasa, from developing into vedana. So, for the, for the average person, that's you and me. There is, it is extremely difficult to prevent sense contact from developing into those feelings, pleasant, unpleasant. As soon as there is sense contact, the feelings of satisfaction or dissatisfaction always follow immediately. The process doesn't stop at fasa because most of us have never been trained in dhamma. But there is still a way to save ourselves when vedana has already developed, although there is already a feeling of satisfaction or dissatisfaction, Stop it right there. Let feeling remain merely as feeling and then pass away. Don't allow it to go on and concoct tanha. And that's that's when we get into trouble. That's the desire. Don't allow it to go on and concoct tanha, foolishly wanting this and that in reaction to the satisfaction and dissatisfaction. Whoops, whoops, sorry. Sorry. Once there is satisfaction, there is desire, craving, indulgence, possessiveness, envy, and their stream of consequences. It's their string of consequences. I think stream works just as well, don't you? Once there is dissatisfaction, there is the desire to harm, to hurt, to devastate, and even to kill. If these, if there are these sorts of desires in the mind, it means Vedana has already concocted tanha, or that, that desire that cling, that uh, craving. In this case, one must suffer from the spiritual de- disease of dukkha, or that suffering, or dis-ease, literally, and nobody can help. All the gods together cannot help. The Buddha said that even he cannot help. He has no power over the law of nature. He is merely the one who reveals it, so that others can practice in accordance with it. If one practices correctly, one doesn't suffer. Thus, it is said, if Vedana has concocted tanha, nobody can help. So if feeling those tonal qualities in our body, if uh, feeling has concocted craving, nobody can help. As soon as any form of craving has arisen, 
there inevitably must be dukkha. In that turbulent wanting that arises in the mind, see how to distinguish the feeling of the desirer of I, of the self or ego which wants this and that, which wants to do it like this or like that, which has acted in this way or that, or which has received the results of those actions. That one who desires is I, wanting things that grasps them as mine in some way or another, my status, my property, my safety, my victory. In all of those feelings, the I is also present. The feeling of I and mine is called upadana, which means attachment. So just our attachment to something is what is that feeling. That's what becomes I and mine, which arises from tanha craving. So tanha leads to the those attachments to things. Tanha conditions upadana. If Paticca Samuppada has progressed as far as tanha and upadana, or attachment, the germ that entered through the eye, ear, nose, tongue, or body has matured to the extent that it expresses itself as the symptoms of the disease. Because upadana is followed by bhava, or existence. Upadana conditions the arising of bhava. Bhava means having and being. Upadana conditions the arrival of bhava. Bhava means having and being. So it's from that attachment that we want to exist. The having and being of what? The having and being of I and mine. That, that's existence. Kama Baba is the action, the kama that conditions the arising of I and mind. If it is simply called bahawa, it means the state of I and mind full blown, the disease full blown. So how do we get around that? So this next short session, I think, is really, uh, we need to read this too. Just experiencing. In our practice, we must stop the practice right at the point where sense contact, the fasa, conditions vedana, or if we fail there, we must condition vedana from concocting tanha. After that, it's hopeless. Once we're at that craving part, it's pretty well established. We try to have Dhamma right there at the meeting of I and form. So that's where Dhamma, that's where our understanding and our teaching and how we, how we see nature, how we understand what the Buddha is talking about. We, that's the Dhamma that we have to have to begin to work with this. So after we get to craving, it's hopeless, unless 
We try to have Dhamma right there at the meeting of eye and form, of ear and sounds, of tongue and flavors, and so on, by continually training in the fact that nothing whatsoever should be clung to. With ordinary people, once sense sense contact takes place, feeling arises, followed by craving, attachment, existence, and then, then birth, jati. This is a path so well-worn that it is extremely easy to follow. Now, try not to take that path anymore. As soon as there is sense contact, turn around and take the path of mindfulness and wisdom. Don't take the path of I and mine, or if you follow it as far as Vedana or those tonal qualities, pleasant, unpleasant, try to turn back from there to the path of satipanya. That's the mindfulness path. Don't just float along with the stream of I and mine. In this way, there is never any dukkha, neither day nor night. If we can practice skillfully and perfectly follow the correct method to the end, we can realize arahantship or that quality of awakening ourselves. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? And he's saying it's not simple. But if we, especially if we don't have, if we don't understand this process, it's not simple at all. We, we, we don't understand it, so we just merrily go along with it. That's what, big cat on my patio. If, uh, if we wish to go by the Buddha's words, there is an easy principle that the Buddha taught to a disciple named Bahia. Oh, Bahia, whenever you see a form, let there be just the seeing. Whenever you hear a sound, let there be just the hearing. When you smell an odor, let there be just the smelling. When you taste a flavor, let there be just the tasting. When a thought arises, let it be just a natural phenomenon arising in the mind. When you practice like this, there will be no self, no I. When there is no self, there will be no running that way and no coming this way and no stopping anywhere. Self doesn't exist. That running, that running, that coming and going, that uh, that that kind of frenetic energy that being human often is. So self doesn't exist when we practice that way. That is the end of suffering. That is the end of dukkha, that stress we always feel. That itself is Nibbana. Whenever life is like that, it's Nibbana. If it's lasting, then it's lasting Nibbana. If it's temporary, then it's temporary Nibbana. In other words, there is just one principle to live by. There's this big, beautiful cat that comes and wants to be on my patio to get a bird or a chippy, I think. And uh, usually I just walk outside and say, go home, and the cat 
we'll leave now because we've done this so many times. So the cat's gone. I can come back. <laughs> Whatever method of practice you adopt, it should lead to equanimity, equanimity, or quenching. I really like that. Quenching regarding the sense objects that make contact. Whatever sort of insight meditation you do, if you do it correctly without deceiving yourself, it must take this one form, the identical form, that of not letting sense data be concocted into the feeling of I and mine. Then it's not difficult to destroy defilements, since when you practice like this, they are destroyed as a matter of course. To make a simple comparison, if we want to prevent rats from coming around and disturbing us, we keep a cat. <laughs> okay, that was timely. To <laughs> Better not chase that cat away. All, so let me read that again. I'm just laughing about my cat experience just a few seconds ago. To make a simple comparison, if we want to prevent rats from coming around, and disturbing us, we keep a cat. All we have to do is look after the cat and the rats will disappear without our having to catch them ourselves. The cat just goes about its business and there are no more rats. <laughs> because of the cat, the undesirable thing is no more. So this is very good. I, I really want to keep reading, but we'll be uh, we'll read up all of our time. So tomorrow I will live the next short section after that. I think that was a beautiful description of what we're trying to do when we are practicing mindfulness. You know, we talk about that a lot in our meditations. We just whatever we hear or see or smell or taste. or think, we just see it as what it is. It's just a sound. We don't have to immediately have our, a reaction to it, one of those feelings. We, don't, we can just say that we can learn to cut it there. That's a sound. It may be a beautiful sound, but we don't have to start craving it and thinking, I want this sound and not the sound of the cars driving by. You know, that's what starts happening. I want beautiful sounds. I don't like noisy cars or sounds of big trucks. That it, that it be, then it becomes, that's what I look for everywhere. That's what I look for in a place to live or where I want to go or be. So I think that was just a lot. That was beautiful, and I think, I hope, for everybody, it was really uh, understandable. But he, it's really important that this is what we understand. This is what the Buddha is teaching us. Whatever method of practice you adopt, it should lead to equanim equanimity or quenching regarding the sense objects that make contact. It doesn't mean we can't eat 
food that's very delicious and pleasing to our palate. But it also does mean we don't get attached to that. We can, we can, oh, this is, this is food. This is nourishing my body. This is, this is taking good care, helping me take good care of my body. It's keeping me from being sick or hungry. And we can enjoy the flavors. We certainly aren't supposed to go around eating things that taste terrible. But we also <clears throat> don't want to be, begin craving particular foods and have to have a certain kind of food or meal. I mean, we can keep it. It can be delicious without it becoming an attachment or craving. So the next section we'll read tomorrow is called Living Rightly. I have to read the first sentence because this is something that I think of, this is very true. If we merely oversee the eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, that's, con- that's the contact, and mind in the proper manner, the killing of defilements occurs naturally. And that is, that's, uh, that's so important because if we're just living with that basic premise to be, to be guarding those sense doors and not be letting all of our preferences and desires of be in control, our defilements will file, will fall away naturally. So it doesn't have to be a struggle and a, uh, painful or cause us from missing out on joy in this life. So uh, we have a little bit of time just to sit together, but not too much. I'm sorry about the delay because of the, I have to go back now and relearn Facebook because they've made a change I didn't know about. <laughs> That's the way it goes, right? Don't get attached to anything. I was attached. That was a good example, right? I'm attached to Getting on to the Blue Lotus page, just it's natural. I just do it, takes a few seconds. And today, I wait, instead of doing it a little bit earlier, I waited until just before. And, and it's completely changed. But my own page was still the same. So um, that's, that's, uh, that was attachment, right? I mean, I shouldn't take anything for granted. <laughs> And don't start feeling that it's my way of doing things. It's always going to be the right way. So let's sit for a few minutes. Just let your body feel awake, but but relaxed. <clears throat> Be aware of the body breathing. Let that, let wherever you feel your breath in your body most easily, you can let that be where you feel that your awareness of your breath will be centered. So I like to suggest that we, you know, we're sitting up and we're lifting, lifting up, that we just allow our natural breath to become a little bit deeper so, so we do feel it slightly in our belly. We can 
Be aware of the belly rising and contracting with the inhale and the exhale. Or we can be aware of our breath around our nostrils, where it's definitely more subtle, but it might be uh, a good way for us to focus. And see if you can, as you relax into the body, let your mind relax. We can't stop our thinking completely, so don't worry about that. But see if you can just let go of things that you need to do today or analyzing something and just Allow your body to take in what we were reading about. Be aware of your senses. Do it, do it on an experiential level right now. Be aware of what you're allowing in through your sense doors. Now, if you close your eyes, we're just kind of cutting off that, that uh, you know, there's so much going on when we open our eyes that we we might want to practice, especially it, when we're learning this process with our eyes closed. And allow a contact, feel your body making contact with the floor or with the seat you're in. Feel your hands resting in your lap. They can be palms down or palms up or one palm inside the other. But just be aware of parts of your body making contact with an object or with another part of your body. Be aware of sounds. Be aware of the taste in your mouth. Be aware of what you're smelling. There might be a stronger fragrance or an aroma or an unpleasant smell. And be aware of the thoughts. But now with all of those things that you're experiencing, let go of any uh, of checking out how they make you feel. So wait enough. First we let those things in, and then the normal person, the ordinary person, will, everything that they have sense contact with, they'll either be drawn to it because it pleases them, satisfies something, or will pull away from it. So that's unhappiness with it, or displeasure. So that's part, what you're seeing is part of that energy, that moving back and forth. That's good, that's not good. I like that, I don't like that. So here's where we, here's where we can cut it off. Just be aware of the sense input. 
without immediately making that connection that leads to attachment. If you're in a super quiet environment, you might even be able to dis- to feel Vedana reacting to that. So you might you might feel suddenly oh, this is too quiet, this is too noisy. I like it, I don't like it. And even in a perfectly quiet perfectly comfortable space, we begin to uh, decide now it's no longer pleasing. Now there's some aversion to it. So then we want to just see if we can go back to that space of just being with it. Coming back to our breath and just let your breath be the focus of your attention. So now open your eyes if they're closed and we'll end our very our mini meditation. But this is very important. This is where we're learning. We're learning how to cut off that uh, ordinary person that you know, just any anybody that doesn't understand that this is the beautiful spot to stop attaching and begin that beginning of craving things. It doesn't mean we don't love, that we don't love our family and our friends and, you know, beautiful, the the things that we love, we can't have them around us. But it means we have to always be aware of, have I attached myself to this so this is mine now? This is... This is what I need to even, you know, this is what I need to exist. Um, So this is a really good place to start it. But it's not saying we let go of 
peace or harmony or good relationships with people. That's including our, all of our loved ones. It's helping us learn to, cu- to cut off at a very basic level that constant needing to have things make us feel good or, you know, be moving all the time into that complete, we want something to be pleasant and then we want it to be more pleasant and then the best and we need to own it. You know, it's it never stops. Yeah, I love, Patty, your comment, being able to observe moments of no self and then am also noticing when my and mine comes back in and just makes me laugh. And that's the best. When we're working with this at this level, which is the, the essential, critical, most profound level, I think, it's wonderful when we see it. That's just like when we notice being distracted in meditation. We notice that and we can laugh at it, but then we just come back. We laugh at, look at me, I mean, I counted to four, I, got, I, I didn't even get to five breaths. Or, uh, oh, this feels so good, and then suddenly it's, you know, the thought might come up, oh, I want this, I want to I wanna do something with this, I want to be, be attached, I want to crave, I'm cra- starting to crave this. And then we can just laugh at ourselves, because we'll start seeing ourselves go in and out of that, so I wanted to say your homework today, when you notice that, just laugh at yourself because this is, this is what human beings do. This is what all, all living beings do. And what we're working on is pushing the evolutionary uh, process further. And so we can laugh at being human and then we can have a little practice <clears throat> Maybe stop when you see that happening and just stop for a minute and just be with your breath. And let it, you know, this you, this has to be done so it be is natural. And we're not punishing ourselves by doing this. We are helping ourselves find peace. So may everything we do and say and think today be done not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all living beings. So may all of us be well and happy and peaceful. May we feel safe. May we be able to laugh at ourselves and keep starting over again. Thank you. So I'm glad people found this. I will find out how I'm supposed to do it, but lovely to see so many of you. Thank you.